Hey everybody, welcome back to another commission podcast. Uh, we've got a, a pretty interesting one, a different one than what we're used to this time. Uh, it's called The Man from Earth, came out in 2007, and it was commissioned by Dan G, who uh, goes by Dances with Wookies on the forums. And he says he really likes this movie a lot. Uh, we both watched it yesterday. I don't know about you, Aaron, but it's been kind of marinating in my brain for a day or so no mm-hmm. uh and i'm trying to i'm trying to see exactly where i shake out on it because i came to for the people who don't want spoilers and i think you know dan writes in and he says hey this movie is best without spoilers i think that's true um if you know the premise i don't think it's nearly as interesting going in yeah um and seeing kind of it it all unravels so if you want to watch this i suggest you just turn this off and go watch it and then come back but here's the thing I can't recommend this as a piece of entertainment. Sure, sure. So know it's, when you're going in that you're going into a movie that's got relatively low production values. Not, not because yeah. it's like some crazy science fi. It's just it's just, just low it's people in a yeah. room talking to each other, uh-huh. and that it is it's it's completely carried by long conversations about politics, science, and religion. The whole movie is yes. one conversation. Yes. Um, it's like if the scene in Reservoir Dogs at the beginning never ended, and that yeah. was the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but now, I imagine, given like the the people's reaction to our contact podcast and some of the others we've done, that that's going to float a lot of people's boat. Uh, yeah, probably. But um, the the other thing that I'll say before we get to spoilers is I found this movie's approach to be like the old old saying: it's a mile deep and an inch, or a mile wide and an inch deep. Yeah. Like it just covers so much ground, right. but they just barely scratch the surface of every discipline. So mm-hmm. if you are kind of a polymath, modern Renaissance person that reads a lot of stuff about politics, religion, and science, it might come be kind of a frustrating exercise because they're going to introduce ideas that you're already familiar with and then not even explore them to the beginning of their depth. So those are some of the frustrations I had with the movie. But you're right. That's about all we can say about it before we, we get it's, into it's spoilers. More, it's more of a thought experiment than it yes. is going to give you any insights into particular things. Um, Let's just, this, the premise of the movie I, is a, a man who's been friends with a, a – he's a, he's a college professor. Uh, he has this impromptu going away party because he's, he's been there for 10 years and he decides for mysterious reasons to move on. Mm-hmm. And his best friends all show up and kind of demand answers from him. And he starts telling the story of the fact that he's actually a 14,000-year-old man who was yeah. born sometime in a Paleolithic pre-Ice Age era. And live through ice, and and it goes from there. And they're incredulous. <laughs> as you, that's yeah, as, as right. I guess that's a good place to begin. Yeah. So just knowing that, um, and that it's a thought experiment, kind of kind of go in with that information. But yeah, that's really it. That's all I want to say about it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get into heavy spoilers now. Uh-huh. So if you want to watch it, go do so. If not, join us. It's the thing is the movie is also it's not a big commitment. That's another one of its yeah um, graces is that it's about eighty some minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's something you can knock off and, you know, a very short evening. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's talk about this movie. Okay. Watching this movie, I felt like, it, it, okay. After it was all over and I sat back and I said, okay, what do I think of that as, as the subject of a film? I really felt like it would have been a better fit. You know how, um, 
uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson does his cosmos thing and he takes sure. this calendar of of the universe or whatever, right? Yep, yep. He does, oh, this is a day, this is a millisecond, whatever. This could have been an interesting premise for like a historical documentary, um, like explaining history and geology and all these things uh, with kind of a 14,000-year-old, imagine if you will, like Morgan Freeman or something. Yeah. Imagine if you will, a 14,000-year-old man and at his birth, this is what things would have looked like and they mm-hmm. take us through that journey because I feel like you're right. They They go so broad with this thing that they never get a chance to stop and really examine anything too deeply. Well, it's kind of like I, you know, I think like the Highlander series, and I recently watched original Highlander and got a little bit into that mythology. And my dad uh-huh. used to be a big fan of the series, so I've watched a lot of the the old uh, syndicated television series. I always thought the weird thing about the Highlander is it spent the majority of the time on the least interesting thing about the Highlanders, which is they have this weird supernatural battle for supremacy. Yeah, the head trapping. You're talking about people that, in some cases, have lived for thousands of years through. The Roman Empire and through uh, yeah. you know, the, the the quote unquote Dark Ages and through Mongol Horde and they essentially bum around New York with, with swords trying to cut each other's heads off. You're right. It would be an interesting like a uh, ten season show about this man's life, um, like a hook to tell history to teach people history. But it's weird. Like, is you'd think this guy would be the most interesting man in the universe, the, the world, but. He turns out like pretty bland, and he's got some good reasons for it. It's like you know, I've been around for fourteen thousand years. Where am I from? I don't know. I lack right. the I lack the knowledge and the descriptive ability to tell you where I came and, from. And the memory capacity. He's not a superhuman. He's not a computer. He just sure. He's like any other person. And once you accumulate that many memories, you just start. Everything gets hazy. Yeah. Like I'm thinking, you know, there's something. There, I this latest episode of Girls. On HBO was really really good. In fact, <laughs> okay. the season's been kind of. I'm interested how you're going to tie this back around. Well, because I was listening to a podcast talking about it, and they're talking mm-hmm. about the, these characters are now like 25, 26, and they're talking about the time when they're 22 as like ancient history. Like I'm such a different right. person, but that's actually true. It is yeah. like when you go from from four to six. And from six to eight, and from eight to twelve, like you're radically different people, and that continues. Up until your mid twenties, when it starts to slow down, at the same time, like time weirdly speeds up, right? And they, they talk weird. about all that. And I thought that was one of the things they did most effectively is kind of portray. But that's what I'm saying. The realities of a man who yes. was this old and had lived this long. Yes, like I was trying to think, you know, because there's one subplot where this woman is trying to get close to this man, uh, and I guess arguably runs off with him in the end of the movie. I think so. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just thinking, like, what would that experience be like? Because they talked about all the wives he must have had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, if you're 14,000 years old, what is it like to shack up with a woman for 50 years? Is that like right. a one-night stand? <laughs> I mean... If you're... I hate to use the word immortal. It's an easy shortcut. If you don't age. Yeah. If you... If you well, he doesn't know Don't if he's immortal. Die. There's this question where, like, if someone shot him, would right. he die? Or right, would he? Right, he right. honestly doesn't know. And, like, obviously he... Uh, I'm going to call him immortal, but just know that that is a shortcut for he doesn't age and he might be able to die. He does have but, a super healing factor, too. Right. He's, he's Wolverine. He doesn't get sick, right? No, he does get sick. Oh, he does yeah. get sick? Because I know he, he heals, survived plagues. And, he heals from, like, he doesn't even scar. Yeah, yeah. 
but but that is interesting. The the logistics of being a person uh, who well, doesn't also age. it's like that's what I think is interesting about like you know vampire lore is that mm-hmm. it's not that vampires necessarily lose their humanity. It's just that being immortal makes them. You know, you, 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 like if you're with a 50 year old person and you've lived for a thousand years, they're essentially like an annoying teenager, only probably worse. I've seen such a small array of what humanity in the world has to offer that, like, I don't know that it's it's almost like it would would if you're 14,000 year old man is engaging in a normal relationship with humans, like almost like a pet type of relationship. Right. Uh. I don't know, because he also makes the point, and I think this is a super interesting point to think about that I never considered with immortality, because the the way I've always viewed immortality is you have literally all the time there ever is, and you can know everything. You can understand everything. And he makes the point that, look, I'm still constrained by the amount of time I have in a day, right? Like, Mm -hmm. he as... The, the greater knowledge of humanity always grows faster than his ability to keep up with it. Yeah. And it's Which a really sense. interesting point that I I never even thought about. Yeah. Uh, so he can't actually know everything, right? He may not be uh, any necessarily any smarter or any uh, more knowledgeable than most people. Yeah, like even if he decided to, I want to get to state-of-the-art understanding about the universe a thousand years ago. Right. Do you keep up with that? Right. now. Well, now he's fallen behind in uh, biology, and he's yes. fallen behind in chemistry, and he's fallen behind in language studies. I mean, so many things that he just can't learn because he doesn't have enough time in the present. Mm-hmm. And, the, and time in the present isn't something you actually think about very often. Right. Uh, so I thought that was a, a really interesting point. Um, I, there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about that's just kind of one-off, one-off things. Well, that's the thing is like I thought that I felt like the way he was portrayed in this movie was oddly detached from humanity. Like right. he does a good mimic job of. I mean, obviously because he he developed what what these people are describing as kind of like close friendships, which I I guess might be only in like the. I won't say academic, but that sounds like a pun. Um, maybe like in the work, like you might be good friends with a person at work, but that's completely different than a, a truly intimate friend you've had your whole life, maybe. Right. Um, but and when he actually revealed his secret to these people, he just suddenly, it's like, I felt like the mask fell and he's just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's also interesting to view his context through the lens of, uh, uh, view, view his friendships through the lens of how much time he has with them, right? Because. If he only gets a decade with these people, mm-hmm. well, shit, I've known you longer than a decade. Sure. I feel like I probably have a better understanding of you than he would have of anybody. Yes. Because he continually moves on, right? So he's he's unable to develop those kind of deep relationships either without without being prepared to say, okay, I'm going to tell them this thing. Yeah. So it, it, it could be distancing, right? But it's weird that... He seems oddly detached, but the big reveal at the end of the movie, which I actually didn't like, <laughs> is that he is spending time. So, so I, this is one of the things that uh, the dances with Wookiees is wanting us to consider: whether the reveal at the end, where uh, the people person, the jumper of conclusions, the guy from yeah, the, the, the jump to conclusions, Matt. Yeah, the the there'd guy different. There'd the be guy, a Matt that you could jump. <laughs> he's the character. I couldn't. I could not see. Well, plus I I, I made a joke early going like this is the weirdest sequel to Candyman I've ever seen. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> it also stars Doctor Fox from Enterprise. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, sure. Doctor Flock. The only one I recognized as far as like a named actor is Tony Todd because he's been in a shit ton of things, and that's the Candyman. Uh-huh. That's the Rocket Man from uh, The Rock. Uh, but yeah, the jumps to conclusions guy from Office Space. Yeah, turns out to be this guy's. But that's that's such a. There's so many weird emotional beats. Like, this guy lost his wife yesterday, and no one knows it, and he shows up to this guy's impromptu taquito going away party in the middle of, what, the so mountains, he, and then he doesn't brings just a, show up. He gets called in, right? The biker guy calls him. Oh, does he? And says, yeah. I thought he was just running late. No, no, no. I, I, but he he's shows on up the with phone, a gun. He's looking out the window. empty gun. Right. Which, later on... Uh, the main character, Jesus. I'll call uh, him Jesus. Uh, well, that's a proper name for him. Right. Because, uh, yes, that's the other reveal. He's Jesus. Right. We'll get to that. We'll definitely get to that. Um, so he, he takes the gun from him, right, implying, look, I don't want you to kill yourself, I guess. Like, you might harm yourself with this. And he looks at it. There's no bullets in it. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if this was part of his psychological strategy to get the truth out of this out of Jesus, but, mm-hmm. yeah, he brought a gun to it. Uh, cabin. Uh, yeah, the other guy. The guy's name is John Oldman, which I thought was like, oh, oh that's man, right. yeah, old man. Uh, but what I was getting at with things. this, the other part of the relationship, is it turns out this guy is his son mm-hmm. that he abandoned forty, fifty years ago out of necessity. Yep. But if he's this detached from humanity and this kind of blase about like, yeah, oh, you know, I guess if you want to hook up with me, whatever, and yeah, I can't remember my father's face. Is it odd that at this point in his life, 14,000 years, he decided to keep tabs on one of his progeny? Is that I mean, something I, like... I guess at some point you would. Like, you'd probably know the first ones, right? And before you realized, oh, oh shit, I'm Well, no, I imagine like in the first few hundred years, at this, it, it's like the first time you lose a pet. Right. And I'm at, I don't know. I guess I... See, I, I've only lost two pets, and it's always been a traumatic experience. And I don't... I've, I've wondered whether that gets easier... Like when you're 67 years old and presumably you've lost family friends and your parents, right. does losing a pet become less poignant? And then okay. I'm trying to extrapolate this 500 years. Like, yeah, first 500 years losing a spouse or a child would probably be trauma traumatic. But, you know, humans seem to be really easy to uh, habituate to certain stimulus, sure. whether it's yeah. war, death. What I mean, like it's it's it, you, you can you can get inured to it. And I just wonder, like, at 14,000 years, would he do something like this? Uh, Well, he is. I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It's tough to say. You know? That's where I was, I was watching the movie. The other thing that I thought is interesting about this movie is, like, almost all the characters are very unlikable. Oh, yeah. I, like, I'm like, this like uh, this guy might just want to move on just because these people are all assholes and half-wits. <laughs> Does this motorcycle professor have no shame? Yeah, yeah. He's bringing a motherfucking student I'm that banging, he's dating. I'm banging this 23-year-old student. That used to be your student, and now is my student, and none of these professors have an ethical problem with this? Yeah. They're all laughing and yucking it up like it's just another day. Yeah. Also, like, how tedious would that be to have the 20, you know, you're, you're with all these oh, 50-something God. people and the 14,000-year-old 14, man. Oh, let's hear what the 23-year-old has to say. <laughs> Please, right. dispenser wisdom. Right. Uh, very, I mean, it, I felt like there was uh, a lot more, like this needed to be like a 12 Angry Men, where it maybe needed to be three times as long and right. really have a, um, a rise and fall of tension because, you know, 
uh, granted, I don't know what I would do in this situation. I'm at a going away party, and this person just drops this on me. I I would definitely push and humor and and try to see where the story goes yeah i mean if i'd known him for 10 years like i thought the reactions of people like you're just full of shit and fuck you for do for trying to do this i thought like i yeah i would just assume he's joking go on to joke but i'm thinking like okay well i guess you've got all these people who have disciplines in biology and archaeology and geology yeah. and uh, the physics and i would try to push their knowledge but like he said it's like you know you're just asking stuff that's in books and i've right i'm a college professor i've read these books so and, and and what you really want and is that, anecdotes, which I could just be making up. Exactly. I exactly. And I was thinking, it got me to thinking, like, thought experiment-wise, how do you prove this? How could you prove this to someone if you truly wanted to? Because, you know, they say they can't disprove it. Well, they could certainly catch him in falsehoods. Um, they yeah. could, If the story isn't true, they could catch him in lies. They could trap him up um but then you could always hand moment, wave it away though. sure right yeah, how I'm do you 14,000 pr- years old i've forgotten some things exactly and he they set that up brilliantly um yeah so how would you prove this i think in the moment like in this cabin there's no way to prove it yeah and even like I they asked him could, if he had any artifacts and he's like do you are you know 14,000 years ago are you gonna have this sharpie yeah like, it's just a tool to you and i'm like okay well that makes sense but even if he did have an artifact it's not that hard, like to get fourteen thousand year old Arrowhead. Like let's say and he's he kept lying that. too. Yeah. He does keep artifacts. He's got that Pablo Picasso painting, right? Well, that's not exactly an artifact. I mean, Pablo Picasso is, you know, he could he's he's like. I mean, I he's I would define an a contemporary of us. Pablo Picasso is not really old. Right, right, right. But I, I would define an artifact as something from your past that you were holding on to for sentimental reasons, not like. Okay. Oh, I sharpened my fucking arrowheads with this thing. Sure, you know? but but why is Pop? I mean, Picasso died in his seventy three or in nineteen seventy three. Yeah. Like, if he had a, a, I'm trying to think of what. I don't know if he had an original manuscript from Beethoven. Like, even that's not right. He could get that at auction at Sotheby's or sure. something. I mean, yeah. Who cares? There's no way to prove it in the moment. Now he could prove certain aspects about it given some time. Right, like give him a few weeks, cut his finger. Give like real bad, real deep. Give him a few weeks and see if he scars. But he also like that's the thing that makes me skeptical of his claims is that he doesn't want to get anywhere near a lab. Now, he doesn't want to get near so. a lab, and he's also leaving tonight. Yeah, this is the last time you'll ever see me. Yeah, which doesn't leave any room for investigation. Sure. It's all anecdote and story. Sure. The other way you could prove it is stay with someone for 40, 50 years. Yeah. See if he ages, right? Yeah. Which I think is going to happen with the woman that he leaves with. <laughs> That'd at be the end. funny. At what point do you start believing? It's like, uh, I think I see some crow's eyes on you today. Right. You know, because I've seen people that don't appear to age for, like, you know. But if you're with someone when they're 20. What happens if you. What if, Dick, what if Dick Clark pulled this shit when he's 27? At what point do you call bullshit on Dick Clark when he finally just explodes in the dust on a on a rockin' New Year's Eve? And the three ball's years ago? about to drop. Uh, yeah, twenty one forty. Yeah, and maybe he was immortal, and just uh, that fucker from American Idol got psychic vampire on him. He wormed yep. his way in. But that's the thing, right? Like, if you're twenty and you hook up with John, let's say he's going by John Stamos now, sure, uh, <laughs> who also doesn't age, and. You're you're spend forty years with him. You're now sixty. He still looks like he's thirty five. That there, that's some proof of something. Yeah. It's not necessarily proof that he's fourteen thousand years old. Sure. It's not any solid proof of anything other than he ages not at the normal rate of a human being. Right. But it's so weird that these like I 
that's one of the things that bothered me, the fact that these characters that I'm supposed to believe that these guys developed this intense friendship in 10 years, they all seem like they're like the people you would avoid getting to, like especially the quote-unquote comic. Oh, my God, the guy who did uh, like a super offensive caveman first wedding impression. You know oh, Doctor Fux, yeah, Doctor. Uh, there you go, Doctor Fux. Like that guy is just like you would. He you would try to make sure he doesn't go to your going away party because you're wanting to ditch him. Yeah, he was super annoying right off the, the bat. The motorcycle douchey professor banging the 23 year old coed also super. Like the yeah. only person oh I thought God. were decent people was Candyman, uh-huh. the Christian lady who turned out to be like fairly small minded. Uh, right. Yeah. And I guess uh, the psycho- weak, weak-minded too, fragile and just yeah, like boys. Oof. She's it's all actually like when Dan Brown's you know Da Vinci Code came out, and there was all these people. It's like almost like they were oh, waiting wow. for the Catholics to flip their shit, and mm-hmm. most of the Catholic uh, reception was kind of like meh. Yeah, you know, like it's I felt a like work of fiction. Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I feel, feel like that she was the version of a Christian uh, that. They were expecting to get all up in arms about the Da Vinci Code, right? And that's why your your statement about it being you know broad but not deep is is super accurate because yeah. this person doesn't have a nuanced view of anything, right? Yeah. This person is a one note. Uh, I I refuse to question my faith, and if I'm forced to, I break down in tears, and yeah. and I I still can't question it. I I now have to just deny it. Uh, I mean, she's she after the movie, she's screaming, "No, that's impossible!" But I mean, but she's also portrayed as kind of like a liberal Christian. But in her reaction to it, she's mm. like as most fundamentalist that I can, yeah, that I can think of. Yeah, like literally to plug your ears and your your <laughs> fingers in and go la la la, right? You know. Uh, so I I don't want to get too far into the Jesus thing yet because that's a whole can of worms. But there are some other like logistical things. So. One thing I thought they did that was pretty effective is throughout this whole movie, I'm questioning, look, Paleo Man wouldn't have certain documents that he would absolutely need to function in society, mm-hmm. like a birth certificate. He's not going to have that. Sure. He's not going to have a social security number, therefore. Uh, how do you get around those types of things? Well, he says that he's forged documents and that he's gone to prison for it. Uh, I... I guess I buy that. I don't know how in the modern day you would ever. It would get away suck with to it. have to serve a thirty-five year prison sentence. Why for forging documents? Because you're not going would to age really? in thirty-five years. Like I feel like that's. I feel like it'd just be another experience for you. No, but I'm, yes, but I'm saying what my what I'm saying is in the modern day, if you did that, how would you escape notice? If you went oh, in at yeah, thirty-five yeah. and you're now seventy and you look like a thirty-five year old, right? All jokes about Dick Clark aside. That would be like getting getting a, a a what what if you were sentenced to life without parole? Holy yeah. shit, that's like time to hang yourself, right? And he very easily could have been. Um, he could have been. When you talk about like heretical stuff, right? Yeah. In in the Dark Ages, or or you know, even as recently as like the seventeen eighteen hundreds. I mean. He could have been thrown away for a lot of reasons mm-hmm. into prison and stayed there. And Although to be fair, I felt like the one the thing that the movie was most effective at was preemptively uh, the guy that wrote this, uh, who's uh, Jerome Bixby, who's a very yeah. prolific uh, short story writer, and I guess he's best known for I've never heard of him before. Mm-hmm. But this is the last thing that he wrote before he died. I think where 
So not an autobiography. Some some of his, and I feel like that's some of the assertions he makes feel a little dated. Like some of the this the actual science and 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 uh, religious facts that he's that he puts up here. But he did a pretty okay. good job of everything you can think of about the problems of a fourteen thousand year old man addressing them. Because you're like like I my, I guess if he's sentenced got sentenced to life in prison, he do that trick where he you know does the Buddhist slow down heart and fake his own death thing that he can just do at will. Did they make that point? Yeah, because that's how he died on the cross, oh, and then geez. came back. Okay, you know. Yeah. So you got a person that you have to. I mean, again, like, is that actually possible? I don't know. I mean, like, it's it's well established in Batman lore that he can do that because yeah. he learned it from Buddhist monks. Um, you know, there's there's supposedly flying yogis and all kinds of weird shit. But like, the movie wants you to. The, the movie asserts that he can have this ability. So if he gets in a situation where uh, he needs to die, he can die, and then figure out a way to get out of it after that. I suppose so. What if he's... Does he need to eat? I d- Does he need to thing, drink? the limits of his own mortality. They're not explored very well. Yeah. And I feel like that. here's the, here's the, th- here's the big thing mm-hmm. about um, immortality. Wouldn't you, at like the four or 5,000 year mark... You know, because he describes this at some points in his life where he's gotten bored or depressed. Wouldn't you try try that? Groundhog Day style? Yeah, like, I'm going, you know what? I've had mm-hmm. more than my share of life. I just lost my 430th wife and my 9,000th child and my millionth dog, and I'm going to jump off this cliff. And if I died, then done. And if I'm not, but I, I don't know. Like they ask about that, right? He asks about yeah, like, I, mm-hmm. have you ever thought about taking your own life, or mm-hmm. what happens when you get depressed? Um, yeah. Do you have those feelings? And he's like, yes, but they never really pursue it very far, right? Because uh, I feel like that's the thing. Like it, he would, he, I, I you know, I, I just feel like that he would, he would have tried that. That's the one thing that I think they they hand wave away, but they don't give any evidence because. I just don't know that immortality is that appealing of a concept. I mean, it's something like... Well, the idea that tomorrow's a new day and you always have another tomorrow mm-hmm. might be somehow freeing um, from, from those negative effects um, of living your life. Yeah. Because it's... I mean, the reason people get so depressed is everything seems so high stakes, right? It's... I mean, that's certainly one of the reasons. Well, but, I mean, so much of what we define as l- meaning in life is yeah. defined by our own mortality, right? Right. That's kind of what I'm getting at, is, okay. is if you don't have those pressures to say, like, this is a super important thing and a super bad thing that just happened to me, and it's going to affect me for the rest of my life, uh, I'm never going to get over this sort of thing. You might not be driven to that, because you, you know you're going to have presumably an infinite amount of time in the future to get over it. But that's the, or, uh, that's the way the, the other way the blade the cuts sword, right? because yeah. then it's like, where's your motivation to do anything? Cause it's like a procrastinator's worst. Right. And dream. if you, if you can't shake that monkey, then you're going to be living with it for an eternity. Yeah. And then there's a, sometimes so. like it's a, it's gotta be like the drive to learn new things. Like mm-hmm. after you've learned so many new things that turn out to be like, I, it, it it must be interesting to be like, okay, well, I thought that the stars were gods, and then I thought the earth, re- the sun revolved around the earth, and all these things. It's like all these facts you learn that are just useless, and you got to get rid of. Like at some point, it's like, well, is it is the quest for ultimate knowledge the only thing keeping you going? Because experiences, you got experiences galore, and I imagine they start repeating. 
Well, there are also many experiences you can't have. At one point, they say uh, something about living on Mars, and he says, oh, I'd love to go to other planets and stuff like that. And that's an experience that you and I aren't going to be able to have. Probably. But yeah. he can look forward to that. Yeah. It's like, I've got some great stuff ahead of me. That's because true. humanity, every advance that humanity makes is an advance directly for me because I'm going to be around to take advantage of it. But I think that goes back to my point, too. An immortal person would not be what we would call a human because part of the human condition is a temp- it's, it's, right. it's temporal. Yeah. Like, sure, and the, they the, talk the about savor, that. The, the savoring <laughs> yeah. the day and like what makes, it, what makes this day special uh, uh, yeah. aside from yesterday and tomorrow is the fact that we don't know that we get another one. Right. So a person that's effectively, yeah, a person that's effectively immortal, I don't know, has the same thought patterns, the same reward structures, the same outlooks on life. Like they can't, they absolutely can't, or they, well, I don't know. I can't, how do you make an assertion about an immortal being? Sure. We don't have that perspective. It's like trying to ask whether turtles enjoy fucking, you know? (laughs) Right. And it's, it's that perspective. It's the questions it raises about the perspective of a 14,000 year old man that I think are most interesting here. Yeah. Uh, the idea, I don't know if you want to go to it now, but the idea that this guy throughout history has been in all these places, it, I, I don't know. There, there's a premise they set up that he's just a dude, and yeah. he's just swimming along in the stream of time like everyone else, except he doesn't. His doesn't come to an end. Yeah, uh, and he can't be everywhere at once, and he can't see all these things, and he can't remember them perfectly. And yet, then they go to, well, I studied with Gandhi. I was Jesus. I knew Pablo Picasso. I've known countless other famous people across the ages. Mm-hmm. Those two ideas are at odds to me. Like but, the but idea the of thing. being a faceless nobody versus the idea of being in all these particularly important places. If you live 14,000 years, it seems like just through luck and happenstance, you would you would intersect some famous people. Would you, though? I mean, think about all the people, the vast majority. I mean, there's point zero 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 one percent of whoever interact with anybody we would call famous in a historical context but also didn't the world just get to a billion people in the 20th century right and like you know there's several times where the european like like the european continent got like lost 50 percent of its population so like it's it's not hard for me to believe that a person especially okay because here's the thing what they set up with i thought how they set up the jesus story is that he's twelve thousand years into life Mm -hmm. and the thing that really brings him down is seeing people make the same mistakes over and over and over and over again right so he went out searching for a greater truth to try to come up with a message that would end these cycles of suffering so it kind of like he had already studied with gandhi is the thing like he he got the idea, because he knew yeah, all of these Eastern he, traditions... He would have to be kind of in that general region he'd never heard of Gandhi. He wouldn't have heard of Gandhi, and who says that Gandhi's going to let him even study with him? The I white mean, man? Yeah. yeah, Gandhi is a very important and busy person, I'm sure. And <laughs> the idea that you could just walk up to Gandhi and say, yo, bro, I'm going to study with you, yeah. is also a bit of a stretch. Are you talking about Gandhi me. or Buddha? Did, he said Gandhi, right? No. I, may, maybe I'm thinking... Well, either way, actually, I wasn't sure because I thought he was talking about Buddha, and then he okay. adapted the Buddhist stuff into Christian. You know, the I, Christ- I think you're right. Sorry. Okay, which but he could have studied with Gandhi too. You right. Know? Right. Right. Uh, but so yeah, I'm not. I'm actually. I only seen the movie once, and but that would have been much sure. later. So, uh, but I, I I got a book recommendation for Dances of Wookies here. Um, it's uh by shit. I think this guy's name's Christopher Moore. 
and it's called Lamb, and the subtitle is the uh, Gospel According to Biff, and it's a it's a it's a novel that purports to be a book that Jesus best fr- childhood best friend uh, wrote. It's like this lost gospel, kind of like the Rufus deal from uh, Dogma, the Kevin Smith film. Okay, and it explores a lot, and I thought a fairly entertaining way um, about like how one of the reasons, like some of the stuff that he he goes on about, as far as like you know Jesus being influenced by Buddhist traditions and all that stuff, mm-hmm. is that a lot of that stuff is asserted directly in Lamb. Like, yeah, actually, Jesus, you know, because because that's one of the things in the Bible. Like between the ages of twelve and thirty three, Jesus is essentially MIA. Yeah. What you know, he 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 left a a fairly standard Jewish boy being raised in the synagogues and whatnot, and he came back as a this messianic figure that had all these new teachings that the New Testament's based upon. Mm-hmm. How, where did all that come from? And you know, he purports to like you know Jesus went and traveled through you know the Indian subcontinent and through China and and got all these things from Confucianism and Buddhism and then came back and melded together into Christianity, right? Um, and it ties into the idea of this, this, uh, you know, the one sort of myth, this Jesus myth arc. Sure. Uh, com- going all the way back to the Egyptians and before then, and like, yep. yeah. And I he uh, he included a a BBC series about uh, you know whether Jesus was a Buddhist monk mm-hmm. um, in in some of his sh- the show notes, and I watched a. Uh, I, I watched all the stuff that he cited, and then I rewound it and watched from there. And I don't think I watched it all, but um, a lot of that stuff is, you know, it's it's weird because it's like when you watch a documentary like that. My first thought is, uh, am I watching a documentary or am I watching like aliens built the pyramid thing? Because they assert a lot of things, and they have a lot of people that have these qualifications making all these. I don't know. It, it's something that's kind of up my yeah. alley because one of the first things I did when I was still a theist but I was disillusioned with the religion I was born into is I tried to figure out what I tried to figure out like, okay, if there's a universal creator and he has had a communication with uh, his children, I rejected Mm -hmm. utterly the idea that he would choose a special class of people and only communicate with them. So I'm like, he's probably communicating this bandwidth of this, this universal religion, like try to find like all the commonalities between the religions of the world. And like, you know, what is the one thing that they're, they're trying to teach you here? It turns out it's really tricky to do, uh-huh. but you know, when you're talking about just the Abrahamic religions and some of the, if, if you really simplify the Eastern religions, there are a lot of similarities right. and especially in between Buddha that, you know, who came about 500 years before the Christ, mm-hmm. there's certainly even a lot of similarities in the miracles he's described of doing his his teachings that are not present at all in like Judeo. Well, I wouldn't say Judeo Christian, but we're just talking about Judeo Christian uh, Judeo teachings, Jude- uh, Jewish Jewish sure. teachings. Yes, thank you. Uh, there's a term for something that's <laughs> Jewish. Um, yeah. And it is, I think it's, it's interesting if, if, you know, I know this is kind of sacrilege for some people, but it's interesting mm-hmm. to think about how much of the teachings of Christ, if he was a man, um, a real person, like a singular person, was he influenced by like these religion, these ideas are starting to percolate from the East over these 500 year, years. And he took uh-huh. those and melded them with the Jewish religion and came up with something new. Right. That stuff's interesting. And tried to guide people with it, and it spun out of his control. And sure. It, yeah, I, I think it's, like I said, an interesting thought experiment. 
um, yeah. about how all these things could happen, uh, what a 14,000-year-old man would be like. Ultimately, I like especially when they started, like I have in my notes, why are they turning to the topic of God? What does this have anything to do with the 14,000-year-old man? And then, oh, he's Jesus. Yeah. Okay. No, I thought that the same thing. I'm like, what is this? I'm actually surprised that these college professors mm-hmm. were all so quick to just entertain thoughts on faith. You know, I, I get it's, you know, I don't know when this movie set, this book was set in. The guy died 20 years ago, so like 30 years. But even then, like, higher institutions are pretty secular in the 70s, I would imagine. Right. Or in the 80s. So it felt a little weird that everybody was just, you know, talking about God. And there was nobody like, this is a bunch of... I needed to, I needed a hardcore atheist to be like, who gives a shit? Well, he had already shut down the other path, right? Like, uh, uh, guys, I don't remember. Like, I don't remember, and I wasn't there for the big, st- like, the big metamorphosis of the species type events that you want to talk about. Uh-huh. So I can't give you that information. What I was there for is the creation of Jesus, because yeah. I am him. Uh, what I was there for is studying with Buddha and... Uh, I don't know. It all, all that seemed a little coincidental to me, g- given how many people are out there and how difficult finding those people and getting them to teach you would be. Why did he, at the end of the movie, or I guess not at the climax of the movie, but towards the end of the movie, he decides he's going to try to f- pass this off as a joke? That felt like a 10-minute derailment that ultimately went nowhere. Uh yeah, I th- I think he did that for the benefit of these people and not not wanting them to spend the rest of their lives questioning the things that they know because they were clearly having a hard time dealing with it. I mean, if but, you look at even Dr. Fux, he But don't you think that the man like, who purported oh to be Jesus, that would be something that would be desirable to him to shake people up in their beliefs and have Well, it question? certainly wasn't desirable to Edith, who who's the older woman. But maybe uh, she needed she couldn't the most. fucking handle it. Uh, well, I, what you need and what she wants are two very different things, and I don't know that taking that choice away from her is necessarily something she would see, appreciate. I, I felt like that they left they, she he left that at a good place where he's like, you know, he essentially turned to Jesus' question of what he said to his apostles, "Who do you think I am?" You know, the the biblical Jesus gave everyone a choice, and you know, yeah. like you can, it's like why Jesus. The real Jesus said this, so why is it offensive that I'm saying it? I'm not saying you have to accept me. I'm not saying, you know, wash my feet and anoint my head with oil, child. I'm just telling you this story. I, 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 and I felt like they left that at a good point. It well, was weird for, because there's a lot you. more tense parts in the evening where I thought he might have pulled the ripcord of, oh, I'm just fucking with you guys. And to pull it at the point yeah. where he did, I, I wasn't sure, especially since... You know, if he had this aspiration of like, so like you tried the Jesus thing once and it blows up in your face. Don't you like, wouldn't the, the temptation to try that again, like at different plate points in human history, sure. like, you know, uh, like, like, like when the reformation started happening in Christianity, it's like, Hey, maybe it's time to dust off this universal religion idea. Or like well, now the secularism is, is like, isn't... I don't know, man. I mean, he saw the way it spun away from him the first time and all the shit that, I mean, he essentially caused a lot of suffering throughout humanity by introducing this idea uh, to these people I suppose and letting true. them run with it. Like the the Pandora's box you open when you decide to meddle in world affairs like that, mm-hmm. it, it seems 
like too much for one person to control. But this is, it's so this is kind of like a throwback to our conversation about The Walking Dead, like the cost of action versus inaction. Right. Like the fact that yeah. like yeah, you might have caused a lot of suffering, but I don't know that I buy the hypothesis because humans are capable of inflicting suffering on any kind of sure. uh belief framework. Right. So if you sit on the side and do nothing and just watch these wars and these diseases and these social issues wage, rage on, do you feel like you're completely guilt-free and blameless from that standpoint, too? Uh, that's a fair question. Um, I don't know. You you at least, like, can't trace, I don't know, the fucking, um, shit, what's the name of the, the thing where the Christians rampage through the countryside killing people? Oh, the Crusades? The Crusades. You, you can't tie the Crusades directly back to your actions, right? He's got to sure. feel guilty about a lot of that stuff. And like you know, it's it's a fair point to say that the in like you, I wouldn't take responsibility for the Inquisition, right? And like you don't need Christianity to have an Inquisition. There's sure. been Inquisitions throughout human history for just you know wh- whatever reason. Um, yeah, a lot of these things are. But, you know, but think like, about it. I mean, he's like, still dealing with the consequences of his actions. Look at all these religions sure. that, still are, that he formed. He formed the basis of all these religions. But that's like that's with a, his actions. That's so a, that's a longstanding issue I've had with like internet atheists. The fact that mm-hmm. like religion is the problem with humanity, whereas I say right. religion is the justification for pre-existing problems in humanity. Sure, you look at chimpanzees waging civil war with each other. In, in these tribes, and you think, uh, do they worship God? Do they have crosses around their neck? Do they have six-pointed stars? Do they have comets and sickles on their flags? No. Right, They're but, still fighting. But, I mean, you look at a guy like Oppenheimer, and you say, well, he invented this fucking thing that humans still would have fought, humans still would have killed each other, and now he's invented this horrible thing that people have taken. And But if he didn't, ten years from now, someone else would have. Right, but how? But is he not supposed to feel any guilt over that? No, I'm not Think saying about like, but this that, man. But, how he must feel? But you always have to separate feelings which are irrational from like. <laughs> but you can't when it's the same when it's a single man going down through history saying these things could spin out of my control. I'd rather not. But did, did, don't you think a fourteen thousand year old man would maybe have a little bit more perspective on that? Sure, sure. You no, know? but I'm. I like guess this, what like, I'm arguing is What if is the he invented the wheel? Does he feel responsible for the th- millions of traffic deaths that has happened since right, right. Ford rolled off his first Model T? I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, knowledge is knowledge. How people choose to use it is out of kind of out of your control. That's true, but you are still going to feel bad about it, and it may keep yeah. you from trying to do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Uh, and hoping for different results. Uh I don't. I don't know the Jesus part. It got a little too much for me. When when well, also when it's like I felt started... like there was a lot of weird decisions from a filmmaking perspective. Like the second he oh, started talking about yeah. Jesus, and the Gregorian chanting started in the background. I'm like, holy shit! Well, what the hell? The music in this whole thing is bad. The music is just bad. Yeah. I mean, for a movie made in 2007, yeah, the music in this is god awful, and from um, start to finish. And I, I would say that. The the acting is like baseline. It's like like passable at best. Yes, but then but there's a, quite a few dips below that line. Yeah, in, in some of these cases, and yeah. some of them I don't think they're also helped with the material. Um, I also found out that this was made into a stage play, which this actually okay. some of this stuff actually might work better as a stage play because the hammier, larger performances work better when you're seventy feet away from the actors than when you I've got a you know a, a close up frame in there. They're they're fat smug mugs. 
You know what I go back to? I just watched this recently, so maybe that's why I, I was thinking of it. But uh, imagine – so you remember the the scene from Breaking Bad where mm-hmm. uh, Walt and, and Skyler and Hank and Marie and Walt Jr. are all sitting around, and they're passing this talking pillow back and forth, and they're deciding whether or not Walt is going to go in for treatment. Sure. Uh, and whether he should or whether he can even make that choice. Imagine a scene that was portrayed as well as that was, and it's just an hour and a half long, and it's Brian Cranston in this role. It's Anna Gunn and Dean Norris and Betsy Brandt, like actors of that caliber yes. performing this movie. I feel and like also, it could have been so much better. And also this guy, instead of like dying, as soon as, like if he had gone back and like kept polishing this because there's a lot of stuff that's just stupid like when right candy man comes up and looks at his bow and arrow and says wow uh, most people can't bag a deer with a rifle and telescopic sight i'm like really motherfucker i grew up in indiana <laughs> like dumbass hillbillies do shit with muzzle loaders and bows all the time like this like sure, that's, yeah. like that doesn't mean that he's like a fucking caveman or when uh-huh. uh you know, the psychology professor asks about his father and is like, I usually ask about his mother. Well, in ancient times, they were a lot more patriarchal. I'm like, really? Really? Yeah. Really? We don't live in a patriarchy today. There's a <laughs> lot of stuff that I thought was like kind of – I felt like the, the, the you know, most effective – this guy would have to take 10 years and every point that he made, he'd have to get like a couple experts together and come up with an expert point of view on it. Yeah. To where – it, it it it's 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 actually something that's a springboard into knowledge rather than just like this movie's intellectual, but I almost want to use quotation marks around intellectual. It's mm-hmm. like okay. feels it's got an intellectual sheen to it, but when you start probing any one area, it just kind of evaporates. Poof. Yeah, yeah, it does feel like you know, like one man trying to be the jack of all trades here, like trying to be the psychologist. And like when they talk about Columbus, it's like, you know, like a lot of people thought Columbus was a nut. Well, actually, nowadays we're turning back around to, yeah, Columbus kind of was a nut job. And right. also that like, you know, people in Columbus Day didn't really think the earth was flat and that you'd sail off the fucking map. That's like a bunch of, you know, uh, what would you call that? Modern centrist thinking like that, that, that that's like where, where people thought that the dark ages were actually a dark age. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. I thought that 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 it needed a little bit like, you know, what what uh, Andy Weir did with The Martian, where it's like he had a story, but he yeah. kept on working and working and talking to experts and doing research and just making sure like he had one or two boners like they they use the word anthropological boner in this movie, <laughs> which do, I thought which, was hilarious. Yeah, I can't not laugh at the word. It, it's boner. like he has this original sin of like the, the, the way that the Martian was set up couldn't actually happen but everything else was airtight and i felt like that's right. what this movie needed like yeah to be a, it would it would be a great film if you took this thing and maybe someone should do it maybe someone should take this concept and and, and come up with an updated revised one where they get all their facts straight and then like you said you know get the cast of breaking bad to talk about it <laughs> um yeah, I don't literally mean the cast of Breaking Bad, but you know what I mean. There's other things. Actors of that quality. There's a couple other things about, that, that I that don't bug me. I just thought it was weird. Um, taquitos? People uh, eating taquitos okay. voluntarily? Why is that weird? I like taquitos. I don't you don't like taquitos? Are they the shitty, like, uh, Totino's taquitos, or are they, like, homemade well, taquitos? Well, it's like saying, are the, I can is do it taquitos. the shitty Tostino pizza rolls authentic yeah. wood-fired pizza? No, I mean, those are... <laughs> right. Those are shit versions. Like I just hope they're not unbagging frozen taquitos and sure. bringing this 
cabin in the I felt like that you know that they would be drinking fine wine and having authentic authentic food. Johnny Walker Blue. Let's let's not. He did Johnny Walker Green. Uh, right, right, and I was wondering why the fuck he didn't spring for blue. Come on, man, right. you're a wealthy dude. Like, if you're going to ooh and ah over a Johnny Walker, don't go for the the. Wait, the who top brought shelf. the Johnny Walker? Was it Tony Todd, or was it the douchebag on a motorcycle? Was it? Oh, Might have been. Are we supposed to make a value judgment been. on that? It's like, yeah, he likes you, but he likes you green bottle level. Right. Not going to bring out the blue for the last time. <laughs> um, why? So this one student calls and is worried about failing his class. And he lies and says he's got a C plus instead of a D. He's going to pass. And then I thought he said something about pre-med. Right. I think he's making the point that a pre-med doesn't need to know about history or something. Like, it's a class that isn't relevant to the degree. Okay. But why have that scene anyway? Who yeah. Who gives a shit? Like, I, yeah, I was like, I, I'm like, is that, is that, is that supposed to give me a perspective on, like, oh, this is a 14,000 year old man's perspective on academia? <laughs> I'm like, it's all bullshit anyway, kid. Learn in the streets. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, the fact that it was a pre med, it's like, I want my, I like to, I like to sweat my doctor's brains a bit. Sure. Yeah. Like, it's not too much to expect him to crack a fucking book and buckle down and learn about history. Like, if it's a pre-law, uh, you know, like, in my engineers, they're going to be doing, like, you know, uh, public works type, like, building bridges, my, my doctors, my airline pilots. I, 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 like, I want to sweat them a little bit in their degrees and qualifications. And, and yet... Software engineers, fuck it, whatever. You want to give them a C-plus instead of a D on their sh- shitty history paper, they're all a bunch of idiots anyway, but... And yet, aside from doctors, all the people you mentioned are rewarded so little for their efforts that they really have no incentive. You think, what? Airline pilots, civil engineers, and Airline doctors... Airline pilots? Yeah. They bank, man! Oh, they're paid shit compared to what they're worth. <sighs> Shit, I, I don't. I, that's I don't. I don't know. As far as, far as I true. understand, uh, and civil engineers, maybe that's civil changed. engineers aren't making bank, don't they? No, not compared to the private engineers b- making stuff in fucking Abu Dhabi. Hmm. Making, well, well, no. When, when I said civil in... engineer, I just meant like guys that build bridges and stuff. Not right. Are we talking about different? Like the difference between an architect and an engineer? No, I'm talking about like the guys working for the state versus the guys working for. Big time firms. Oh, I don't know. I guess I could be. I could be wrong. Um, I mean, certainly software engineers got the best deal because they we got the easiest job and we get paid the most relative. Yeah, and we're uh, we're we're getting to the point where we could definitely kill people with our software. But well, but that no one thinks about <laughs> it that or that way. That's true. Yeah. Um, okay. What else that I want to talk about? Did you have anything else? Uh, not a ton, no. I, I did feel like, so I, once he started in on his story and people were like saying, oh, do we or don't we believe him? Uh, my mind went back to the movie K-Pax. I don't know if you ever saw this. Yeah, Kevin Spacey is the alien. Yeah, also not a great movie. Not a little, like, bit, little bit of Michael the movie. Archangel. Or the, you know, okay, the John, John Travolta. Travolta yeah. uh, the, 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 I feel like that there was a, a decade where this was like, a, like you know, a smoke and doobie and like, oh man, what yeah, if kind of. For sure. Yeah. Uh, and then like. Nick Cage was in one too where he was an angel. That, that's right. City of Angels? Was that it? Was that it? With, wasn't it like John Charlie Travolta Starr was like in like a series of three. Yeah. Like supernatural, do you believe him kind of, uh, you know, flowers or Algernon bullshit things. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's been forever since I've seen K-Pax, but they're, they're very similar things. Like, do you believe what the story I'm telling you or not? 
Uh, and I felt like, honestly, that was a, it was certainly a more entertaining movie. It was certainly a better made movie. Uh, for me, it didn't, it didn't raise the same kinds of questions like about, you know, the logistics of being a extremely old being because he wasn't, he was an alien in that movie or, or maybe he wasn't, who knows? How did you think? Because at the end, they essentially confirmed at least a portion of his story. Right. um, With, with the revelation that the jump to conclusions man was his son. I, yeah. I don't know why, like, because some movies do this, like, the secondhand lions, I remember, about the boy with the, the two uncles, and he hears all these fantastic stories, and mm-hmm. and you certainly feel like his uncles are badasses, but you always think, like, some of the extreme stories can't, they're just stories, they're just bullshit, but then at the end of the movie, they reveal that, no, every single thing, down to the rivalry with the sheiks, and all the world wars, and, like, the fan, all the fantastic stories are essentially true, Yeah, and I was delighted by that. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, I felt like I would rather, I'd either rather than not know, I'd either rather than not put their thumb on that side of the scale or have a revelation that could be debatable. Kind of like the wobbling top in Inception. Yeah. Did, do, you, do you feel me on that? or I do. I think they could have done it um, more like Inception. If they were to have this guy, like, maybe remember him like maybe think that he might have been someone from his past at one point uh and then kind of leave that up to whether or not you believe the guy's faulty memory right because that's one of the points they make is yeah the faultiness of the human memory uh maybe he's misremembering maybe he's being influenced and biased by this story and he's yeah. t- he's spinning it out himself i mean if, if they they could have gone a little bit further down that road as opposed to this fairly concrete reveal that this is in fact his son yeah which again, I don't like that. That raised more questions about the, how a fourteen thousand year old man deals with the progeny that I thought it answered, and uh, it, it it didn't didn't right. really work for me. Yeah, I mean, he jumped to the was, conclusion I, that he was his son. I guess it was more effective than when Captain Fox tried to jump him <laughs> to prove that he had caveman like reflexes right. or whatever, and and claiming that you're a black. I don't fucking believe you're a black belt for a second. Yeah. You could barely get up off that floor. I, I think you might have a black belt. That's right. like some kind of leather deal that you you put on your sad pair of jeans, but <laughs> and your brick and stock sandals. But I do not believe you are a black belt in shit, man. Yeah. Bad yeah. joke telling. I felt like questionable could... hairstyles. <laughs> All get, of them. Going home All early to kiss your wife, maybe sure, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I buy know. that. I don't know. Yeah, it. I don't know. This movie is. It's unfortunate that it's so low rent. Because I felt like that hurt it, like from the music to, I mean, to the the setting. You can just tell it's like a film student going, "Let's go out to the hills of California, Southern it is, California, it's, it's, and let's do this thing." The aesthetic over a is very Lifetime Network. It is totally, yeah. And for a movie made in 2007, look, I get it; it's a small budget, but you sure. have some what C grade actors here. Like mm. they're not the worst actors on the planet. But These how I mean, are that's the thing. Like some things. It's hard, you know. It's hard to make a movie in Hollywood, and right. uh, you you wonder if like somebody, like a Richard Linklater, got a hold of this and decided he wanted to throw a million dollars at making it. Mm-hmm. Versus, I mean, I don't know how much they spent on this film, but maybe a million dollars is what they spent because it is also super expensive to make a movie. But right, so I but I look at stuff like you remember that Power Rangers. Um, so there was a Power Rangers thing that came out with I think Katie Sackhoff. Where like so, so, her and like a bunch of her friends, they all got together and they made this thing over. Are you fucking a few kidding weeks. me? 
No, it's like a trailer for a new Power Rangers movie. It's not an actual trailer for an actual movie. I've not heard of that. Uh, And then they did the same thing with The Punisher, I think. Didn't they make like a a one-off little short? But like another one is like, say, Sky Captain, World of Tomorrow. Okay. Like that guy made that movie for something ridiculous cheap because he had these all these weird science fiction, you know, sci-fi techniques and whatnot. Right. But I know. So you're saying that it's it's possible to make a really good looking movie for a very small amount of money nowadays. Right. And I look at like a movie like Primer, which by all accounts was made on seven thousand dollars. Now it was made over the course of a lot longer period of time, I think. Um, but it was one of the first movies that was released, uh, created by this Kareth guy who basically did everything himself. He acted in it, he wrote it, he directed, he edited, did all that. And I felt like he did a better job with his film, far better Mm -hmm. than than this film does uh, with, I don't know what kind of budget it has, but it had to be more than seven grand if it's a Hollywood movie. Yeah, it definitely, and I feel like, I, I, I think the look and feel is one thing, but like, that's kind of always my criticism of The Walking Dead. It's like, it feels like, Polishing up the script is always the cheapest part of of like you can right like how much would it cost to have gotten a few people that these actors purported to be you know a few biologists a few anthropologists a few you know get Re- Reza Aslan they like give us the look over the script because he's written a whole bunch about this particular stuff about Jesus and right, be like yeah. hey. Red, li- red red line some changes in here, punch up this dialogue, give me something that is accessible to the common man, but also will will hold together internally. And like what would that cost? Another fifty, sixty thousand dollars, maybe? Sure. To 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 have those the, the and, and that would have made that would have gone from a thing that's an interesting thought experiment to something that was genuinely thought provoking and 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 interesting. Yeah. I I mean I can imagine the difficulty of trying to sell this idea, right? Like trying to say, hey, I'm going to find financing for this movie. Yeah. Because it's not flashy. It's not something where right. people are going to immediately be on board. It's it's kind of a small potatoes thing. And I guess it, it's a a little... Well, it's kind of like... You did, sometimes cynical it's dumb, of me it's, to it's, say just throw more money. Sure, it, but, but it's sometimes it's luck about what gets made. Like, you know, Damien Lindelof reads Tom Perota's leftovers like, hot damn, and his imagination goes, right, and we get right. this awesome HBO series. Like, what if that had happened with this particular With a 14,000-year-old town. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, what if a 14,000-year-old man discovered the and it's like, oh, right. no, this isn't how it'd go at all. Boom. Uh, uh, who knows? I don't know. What would you do if you were... Uh, what What's the... How would, do you think you would live your life if you you find out today? Man. Oh, look, I'm, I'm I've aged to 35, I'm not aging any further. Would that change how you live your life? In First the of all, I'm I'm pushing 40. Right, but well, maybe. Yeah, no, because I that's something I'm actually thinking like if you about. I thought about right that now. today, this morning. I forget what something my son said, but I my first thought was, man, I hope I make it to 80. And I can't remember right. why. It's something about him talking about what he wanted to do in his life, and I'm like, man. I'm going to need to be about 80 years old to see if you 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 do that, and I'm like, that's about average lifespan. Uh, if if I'm if I'm honest, I'm probably shooting for below that right now in the way I'm living my life. Sure. Um, yeah. but yeah, it definitely would change. Like that's the thing. Like the you know, um, it's it, I don't know, man. Mortality. It's I'm not afraid of dying. It's more of like I. It's a fear. Of, it's the ultimate fear of missing out. Right. Right. Like, I know I, that we're on, like, the cusp of, like, some really great things, maybe some terrible things. Sure. And yeah. I'm going to not see how this story 
You know, it's like everyone. Uh, it's like, you know, we used to talk about when we were big Star Wars fans and the prequels hadn't come out yet. Like, what if you die the month before Star Wars comes out? That'd be the worst thing ever. Everyone dies in the middle of their own blockbuster. It's true. And that's kind of, uh, you know, that's that's the universal human bummer. Every day is the worst day to die. Sure. Every single one. Sure. (laughs) But one of those, guess what? You're going to die. I think it would alleviate, like, I, I don't know. For me, it might make me just completely lazy. Well, like not not care to do anything because yeah. like because I have this I have this internal chronometer that I have to have a certain amount of money by the time I'm in my right. 60s or what the fuck am I going to do because I've seen people that have to work until they die have yeah. to work menial shitty jobs until they die and and like what happens if you can't now you're homeless or you're in some kind of shitty sure public home and like that is uh you know that's 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 pretty that's that's a pretty grim future for someone who values their freedom and independence and right but and, that and that shit only matters because they're old and they don't yeah, have the ability you, to work the same types of certainly. do the same types of work that they would if they were perpetually 35 right but if you're ageless and yeah. that takes off that takes a lot of edge off of worrying about the future you don't have to sure. worry about fa- failing health and but, but and you don't have as, to worry so much about your failures right like like it put it in bald move context as a business. If yeah. if bald move like I'm I'm all stressed and stuff about oh is bald move going to work? Isn't it going to work? Am I going to be destitute in six months? Yeah, because like uh, spending that, five years of your life to try to make something work is a huge risk in a, a big year lifespan. Yeah. Whereas five years to in fourteen thousand is nothing. nowhere near like the, the risk of everything goes down. Yeah, other than maybe the risk of just doing something stupid and straight up dying. Yeah, because uh, who knows if you can. But yeah, I, I feel like all of the stakes for just about everything go way down. Yeah. So, and, and all of the kind of immediate reward that you get, or or the, I guess yeah, the immediate reward you get from things would also go away mostly, right? Like, mm-hmm. fuck it, I can do it tomorrow. Becomes like procrastination becomes the biggest adversary you have to face. Well, and that's and um, at least for me, and unfortunately, that is my lifelong adversary. Right. Like, so am, now. To take that and just expand it by saying I have an infinite amount of time. Sure, <laughs> sure. I can put I can do it tomorrow, and there's nothing that you can't say that to. Right now, the people around you might compel you. Like the I need to do this for someone else. I need to do this because they don't have enough time. Yeah, uh, I think that could be a motivator, but it would be certainly an interesting balance between what you wanted to do, uh, what you thought you needed to do, and what other people the the pressures that outside influences have on you yeah i don't know i just because i that 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 goes back to my question about how would you view your fellow humans like after fourteen thousand years like oh my companion wants to go see hawaii okay i guess that's important to me i'll go again like i feel like you just be aloof and detached but assuming your default level attractive that would probably make you to certain people even more irresistible Okay. Like, you know, that aloof yeah, detachment right. that's like, you know, the, like a mystique that mm-hmm. like attracts people. Like, it's like the more you withdrew into like, I'm barely even recognizably human, mm-hmm. the more people would be fascinated by you. Right. Uh, can he, how much can he change physically, do you think? Well, that's, there, a, that's a question because he, he was very. Can he get fat? Can he get. I don't know because will smoking cause problems? Didn't they with say his something lungs? about like, that he can almost like because they said something about like shouldn't you be a lot shorter than you were are? 
given when he was born? Given when he's born, because okay. just like the f- yeah. reason that people have gotten bigger is not like a genetic thing; it's more a nutritional thing. Right? Like, you know, the fact that you've got access to all these calories and 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 modern healthcare and and nutrition and exercise is the reason people are getting larger. Sure. Um, you've yeah. always had people like you know, if, occasionally you'd have some freak freak born at seven foot tall and now he's Goliath or whatever. But the like, vast majority mm-hmm. of people, and this guy's like you know. That's something like it's like Cecily was having problems like like shouldn't he look like more like a caveman like no like fourteen thousand years ago like morphologically humans right. were recognizably human like I doubt there's much of a change at all and they they say that physically in the, and mentally in yeah. The movie, yeah yeah but like yeah I, I I don't know but I thought that they said something and in early going I was. I might have lost some things because I was trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. But uh-huh. I thought they made some assertion like that he can gradually change. Hmm. Okay. Some that that was like part part of his healing and the acceleration that he can actually maybe get bigger or smaller depending on I don't know. That depending might be, on what he eats. That might be something <laughs> that I completely made up out of a, out of context. You know. Right. But I imagine like he could probably still get fat. He could probably sure. still lose a limb. Uh, he could probably... Would he grow it back, though? Because it seems hard to believe that he would have gone through 14,000 years yeah. without something like that happening to him. Pro- he could probably... Like, perfect regeneration, I assume, yeah, he would just grow it back, right? Yeah. So, maybe he can't lose a limb. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's the interesting thing, is, like, we're right, you know... I feel like that in a few generations, there will be some kind of breakthrough where they can just turn off the aging gene. Sure. And I'm not yeah. going to say that that means you're going to live forever because the human body itself has a certain amount of wear and tear that even if it, you know, if you had the immortality gene, eventually you're just like, you know, have luck with those fucking fucking knees you got. And yeah, you can replace knees. But I'm saying like eventually there's probably a limit to human lifespan just mechanically. And until you, you, you know, if you want to talk about like you know singularity, post singularity, uploading your consciousness, right. we talked about that ad infinitum, or even like e- extreme cases of stem cell regeneration. Like, yeah, how far do you want to take it, sci-fi sure. wise? But but I, I mean, get your point. Yeah, it'd be it'd be like, is do you think it's outside the realm of possibility that we might live to 150? You and I. Uh, it's certainly me. Yeah, I think it's outside the possibility. I <laughs> I don't think technology is progressing fast enough to keep us alive that long. Hmm. I'm just talking about like if they have some kind of gene therapy where it's just like, oh yeah, we found this, we can we can alter this thing, and now your cells. I mean, think well. Stop! Stop! Learn! You know, stop perfectly reproducing or. I don't know. I mean, it's always that question of like, the acceleration of technology. Uh, how fast are we making these discoveries? Yes, it gets faster all the time, but can that continue? And how much progress has been made in the the last period of 40 years, you know, the period of, like, from now till when you're probably going to die? Yeah. Uh, is is there comparably uh, a good enough reason to think that the advancements will be sufficient to keep us alive much longer than we should be? I lean toward no on that. I, I don't know why. I mean, if... You know, if they can continue to increase technological discoveries at the same rate, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I just, I, I, I guess I don't pin my hopes on that. You know, <laughs> uh, like I don't say, ah, it'll be fine. Technology is going to keep me alive till 150. No big deal. I know we've talked about this off air. I don't know we've talked about this on air. Um, yes. At, at what point do you pull the the trigger for the Alcor option? At the point I die. Like, why not? Like, if I have the but money, I'm saying like you, 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 you don't have it now. 
Right. So and like, I could when, die tomorrow. When certainly. do you when do you do it? When do you put it in place? As soon as uh, you have thirty five thousand dollars. When I have the money, <laughs> having the money helps. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and being, you know, on what I consider the last half of my life. Now, if some freak accident occurs, obviously I can't predict that, uh-huh. and I can't account for that. Yeah. Um, but if I you know start having health problems and stuff, then hmm. and I've got an extra eighty grand or whatever it costs to freeze my brain and my body. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean. It takes your chances from zero percent of living forever to a number bigger than that. Yeah, even if it's the smallest increase in odds, why not take it? Yeah, I don't know because I could. There's, there's, there's a rational part of me that is. They're, they're both. Those are both rational arguments, and I go back and forth about whether, like, man, that's such a long shot because it's not just like. Is it worth the money? Is that what you're saying? Like, could you pass the money down to your kid and maybe he? Well, that's have a the thing. Future? Like, it's, I don't know because it's my problem is, um, you know, uh, they freeze my head, and there's that's a traumatic thing for your brain to undergo, and like that could right. be that they could he they could reattach my head, but like the fractures in my brain have have made me to where I'd be a vegetable. That's a problem. And uh, two, for the amount of money they're asking, it's like it is something like thirty five thousand or fifty thousand dollars, something to easily my life. Like I could do, I could write this in my will right now. I've got millions of dollars of life cover, uh, life insurance, or yeah, life oh, insurance right, coverage. Right. Yeah, yeah. And the death loss. So, so if I died and, and before I'm sixty, this would just be like I could just make this happen. Mm-hmm. But I I feel like that these institutions, like, I don't trust them to keep my head frozen for the hundreds of years necessary. So that's like it's not just a gamble on the technology; it's a gamble on the infallibility of human institutions. Right. Here, here's the thing. So. I'm going to come at come at it from the other side. It's so is it I guess I need to ask you a question. What what about it is a gamble to you? Because at that point it's it doesn't seem to me that it's a gamble. It seems that it's the last resort. It's the same reason, like, I... Because I can... Aff- like, not so much nowadays, but there's a time where I could afford to buy the shitty Best Buy warranties on my pair of headphones or this joystick or this CD player. And I never did because... It just it's it's a waste of money at some point, right? Like you, none of all this shit isn't going to break. Some of it is, and it's less than if you just pay the twenty percent premium on the fucking replacement plan, right? Uh-huh. It's kind of the same way with the immortality. The percentages are such that it's like it just seems like it's a it's a waste. And also, it's, I agree, it's too good to be true. Like there's a little bit of that. It's like you know, like last time the lottery got up to a billion dollars, did you buy a ticket? No, but if I but if I were dying and mm. I had money sitting around, why the fuck not? Yeah. I mean that's that's what it comes down to is this is your only chance. It's it's a Ben Kenobi situation. Help me Obi-Wan Kenobi, yeah. you're my only hope. Yeah. Help me Alcor, you're my only hope. Sure. Uh th- that's the only shot you've got, why not take it? Huh. Is my point. And they if the 80,000 is going to or whatever it costs is going to change your son's life, maybe you don't take it. Oh, maybe it maybe you pass that down, but if you're saying you got millions of dollars in life insurance, then eighty grand isn't going to matter. It's term life. That's the, that's the problem. Is that like uh, it's going to be a bitch it's to renew? Out. It's going to be. I, I, oh, I got oh, this in yeah, my twenties. Yeah. It's going to be a bitch to renew. Sure, but uh, <laughs> you know, but that's the, that's the other thing. It's like I kind of feel like there might be something psychological because if you really believe what you're saying, I can't believe you wouldn't have it because getting a term life I'm insurance I, to I, make this happen is would be like twenty bucks a month for you. Hmm, well, I hadn't considered that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, Maybe I should make that happen. I, 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 I think like, you might have convinced me to buy a life insurance policy. 
and write a will. Uh, are we still talking about this movie? No, okay. we're not anymore. Uh, it, I, I don't know. Am I glad I watched it? I guess. I mean, it, it certainly got me thinking about the lifestyle of a 14,000-year-old man, which is an interesting thought experiment to me. Sure. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I felt like... I if I hadn't have already done a lot of the stuff that I'm reading on uh, religion and philosophy that I've done in the last ten years, and um, I hadn't watched a whole bunch of vampire shit, yeah, because my girlfriend made me, and I oh, thought I've seen like too I, much of it. I've, I've done a lot of thinking about what an immortal would actually be like, and also like you know reading that uh, Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect, right. Like, yeah. a lot of these things were, like, the first time you're presented, like, the Metamorphosis of Prime and Intech is not a great novel. Right. It's just the first time I was presented with something about the technological singularity that blew my mind. So, mm-hmm. like, if I read another superior work later on, I'd be like, meh. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can understand why a person would say this is a mind-blowing because it's the stepping stone to have a lot of interesting thoughts about religion and human history and politics. Whereas if you've had, you've, you've spent some time thinking about that stuff, it, it is not as interesting. And then you've got this, is right. this, is this work as a pure product of entertainment in which I say, no, I, I agree with you there. If, let me say that if I were, I would love to have been, I guess her name's Linda, the motorcycle, the student. Sure. I would have loved to be Linda at 20 years old in that room. It's just hearing all my these mouth professors shut. talking and, and pondering these ideas. And yeah. Fly on the wall in that room would have been amazing when And I then I go home with the douchey professor. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to fuck you anymore. <laughs> There's no my, amount of Johnny Walker in the my, world. My eyes have been opened. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're a small-minded yeah. individual. I uh, need to move on. But yeah, yeah, no. If you're, if you're in that category, I oh, think. Oh, my God. It would have been amazing. Yeah, but like I don't, I don't know how to recommend if right. uh, you know, like if this is the first type of this mind blowing experience you've had, then you will probably uh, enjoy it. If not, you might find it um, somewhat lacking. Right. And so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's like this. Uh, it's a, I feel like the dances with Wookies kind of knew that going in because he acknowledged mm-hmm. that, like you know, this is a, a, a movie that means a lot to him. But he's heard a lot of people say that they hated it. Right. I didn't hate the movie, but yeah. um, and I, I, feel, I feel like that this is the kind of podcast he's wanting to get out of it. Well, I, I think at the very least it inspired this conversation, which I enjoyed. So Sure. Uh, and hopefully Dances with Wookiees will enjoy it, and hopefully our entire audience will enjoy it, because uh, that's ultimately what this is for. So we, yeah. we are trying to produce a product of entertainment, not necessarily a thought experiment, <laughs> <laughs> though we tend to dabble in that as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I want to thank uh, Dan G., once again, Dancing with the Wookiees for commissioning this. I definitely would never have checked this one out. This is another one, like Once for Warriors or, you know, any countless number of ones we've done before mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have watched on my own. Um, so thanks for that. And uh, if you'd like to commission your own podcast, how do they how do they do that? Well, you go to baldmove.com slash shop and you click on the big movie screen reel thing. Yeah. Uh, and then... The antiquated... Uh, movie projection technology sure uh and and uh, you can you can make it happen we got the community commissions where you can chip in 10 bucks at a time uh, with your fellow viewers and listeners to to make something that might be a little bit more mainstream or you can just uh grab the brass ring and, and make it happen yourself we've got uh, a couple interesting ones coming up uh zulu back to the future the man who shot liberty valence i've only seen one out of those gross point blank which i've also seen i'm excited about right um we got a, a bunch of good ones coming down the pike. 
Indeed. And a bunch of ones that are like, who knows? Yeah, we'll, we'll see how they go. Uh, so thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Danji, once again, and we will see you next time. See ya.